This is What the Truck, and I'm here with Michael Vincent the Dude. What's happening? Oh, man. It's a be- it's actually a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. A great weekend, my man. Followed How by a doing? great weekend, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, we went to the Space Museum over the weekend, right? Yeah. Huntsville. It's like two hours away from here. Yeah. Um, but I guess I was supposed to go a lot further, because when we go to check in there, <laughs> it turns out I bought tickets online for the Space Museum in, in Houston. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. It all got worked out, though. Got memberships yeah. there now. And, you know, we, we, NASA is coming on this Friday, so I wanted to go and get my yeah. boots on the ground. Makes and, sense. Here's a couple of pictures. We actually saw like the Saturn V yeah, there in these. person. Cool. You can see it from miles away when you're driving towards there, but you really don't understand like the massive scope of this thing yeah. until you see it in person. It's just absolutely fascinating. Uh, we got to go inside some space shuttles as well. There's a giant engine. Good thing they didn't turn that thing on. Yeah, no kidding. That is. Have you been over there though in the Huntsville? Area? I have not. I'm gonna oh, have to super get just nice. over in Huntsville. It's beautiful. Let's to... take a look at the toilet. Let's take a look at the toilet. I'm gonna have we'll to move on from over here. there. Look, there's a space toilet from you. So we kind of learned a little really? bit about how those would work, too. Wow. Yeah, no. Massive vacuum, I suppose, huh? Yes. And we're, we're going to be talking about, and one of the reasons I went to Rocket City is on Friday, we're talking about the world's most powerful rocket. The Space mm. Launch System sailed into uh, NASA's John F. Kennedy Space Center on April 25th after a 900 one-of-a-kind journey. We're going to hear all about the logistics behind moving that to the Space Center and what it's going to be doing up in the air. Very cool. Plus Very the real cool. world runoff. Hey, I we're going to break down this, this this new movie that came out. There's a new Liam, Moose, Liam Neeson, Liam Moosen, Liam Neeson Liam movie Moosen. coming out. But first, let's tip the band. This episode is brought to you by Legend Transportation, which has been establishing partnerships throughout standing customer service since 2007. That's Learn right. more at Tell Them, Dude. Oh, man, you better go to newlegendinc.com immediately after the show. All right, let's bring up Freight Waves' Grace Sharkey. Grace, come on up here. All Get right, hey, there. what's happening, Grace? Hey, uh, I'm doing great. I had a great weekend as well, and uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys today to go over this movie. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you tipped me off to this. So Grace slacked me on Friday, and she sent me the YouTube link to the trailer for this movie. And one of the things we constantly complain about here, Grace, is in terms of recruiting, Hollywood has done no help to trucking, right? No, there's no heroes, man. Lincoln Hawk and Over the Top in 1987. Ever since then, you have like Joyride, right? Where it's just truckers chasing uh, young teenagers on roadways, on road trips, looking for candy cane. That's exactly right. Harassing people at rest stops. That's right. Or the random truck uh, chasing, in, what is that, Stephen King movie where he just chases them everywhere. Fine, it's kind of old, but... It's yeah. very old, but <laughs> I mean, still, still man, they're just no good. Well, what about the new movie? The, what was it, Big Sky with the serial killer truck oh, yeah, driver yeah, with yeah, mommy yeah, yeah. issues? That's right. Yes. That's right. That's not good image, right, no. Grace? We got we to gotta bring it up. So uh, no. so let's, let's check out this Liam Neeson trailer, and we'll, uh, we'll see what's going on. We'll talk <laughs> over this thing. Let's play the tape. That's old. <laughs> All right, what's happening? Because <laughs> this new stuff is awesome. Check this out. What the hell was that? Oh, see, it's a problem with team driving. I don't even know what partner ate before. That was a taco I ate earlier. That's what that was. Oh, wait. Hold on. Is this a trucking movie or a mining movie, Grace? Yeah. Uh, Trucking, I hope. Yeah. So he got like an Amber Alert, or is that a weather alert? What did he just get on his phone there? Oh, typical shipper. Yeah, typical shipper on a Friday. Says you had experience on the ice road. Yep. Yeah, he's the only guy. Look at this guy. Jesus. So what's he gonna do? He's gonna install the pipes. Yeah. No, all, I, all drivers carry the cannons. Help him break down, which is yeah, incredibly bad. So they had to so they had to bail him out for fifty bucks, or, or did they bail her out? 
What do you need to Bailed her out. Is it her? Well, there's a girl that yeah. she did that park. Did you see the way she pulled? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think they need her and Liam to drive across this ice road is what I'm gathering from this trailer. Yes. Give me 50 bucks. Why? I got to pay her overdue book fines. That's how bad drivers are paid. She doesn't even have 50 bucks to bail herself out. She's a hard all right, now they're over hours of service, so they're sending the uh, they're sending the snowmobiles after. <laughs> DOT, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a DOT road check. DOT's like, not today. Not today, boys. Here we go. What's you got to shut down. Maybe it's the ice you're driving over, Liam. Sweet Jesus, that ain't good. Oh no. <laughs> oh my. Or is it just me, or does it seem like a pretty crucial scene? Two to three thousand meters tops. Based on the sound Very of the crucial. cracks, I'd say it's going to go for two to three thousand meters tops. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> if there's oh anybody out goodness. there, help me. This bridge okay. is collapsing now. Right, now I've watched this trailer like a hundred yeah. times, and there's like two things. By the way, there's that that table I bought that's twelve weeks out. It's in the trailer. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks like either the road collapse. They try to make it look like the road collapses in that scene, but I think what really happens is that bridge collapses, and that's when the truck falls through the the the, uh, the ice. You think so? What do you think, Grace? Break it down. I think I think that I think what's going to happen is that they have to tie themselves together in order to like, I'm sure stabilize the ice or something. But I, I think they lose the trailer. It, it's so called it's like, Pelotoning, Grace. It's it's oh, yeah. That's what Peloton. <laughs> yeah, you're. Bungee, bungee, just bungee cords. <laughs> what are they using for their visibility yeah. so you can see that that's thing? Pre- that's, that's the non-digitized yeah. version of Peloton. Well, it's got me thinking. Like, you yeah, can make exactly. a whole genre. So, Grace, when we, like Mortal Kombat came out this year. Uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla. We have this. So, it seems like the ro- we're, we're in a golden era of stupid movies again. I, I love every second of it. So, I think we could take Liam. So, here's my thing. I got a couple reality show plots. You tell me if these would translate okay. into good movies. Yeah. The first one is House Hunters. So yeah. Liam Neeson, he finds the perfect house, especially in this market, super tough, only to get beat out by an escalation clause from another buyer. That's when Liam decides to take it upon himself to escalate things and get square. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got one. Yeah, what do you want to hear? One? All right, here's one. Building off the grid, Liam's plans to build an off-the-grid fortress at the top of Kilimanjaro Ooh. are disrupted by Dr. Evil's plans for a moon laser. Now Liam is going to build on the grid. Dr. Evil's grid. I'd watch it. Grace, you got one for us? <laughs> yes, I do have one. A Celebrity Big Brother. Okay. Liam Ooh. has a new movie coming out, and he's got to promote it somehow, so he joins the rest of the cast. Well, Lily Chen has had enough. She's over it. She's done with the show. It's been years and years and years. She teams up with Jigsaw from Saw. He comes in. They turn it into a whole nightmare. He joins everyone together, and they somehow make it through in the end because, let's be honest, Liam never... Not wins. He Wait, always I, wins. Hold on a second. So yeah, this is right. very meta, though. So Liam is actually himself. Yeah, he is himself, which is okay. uh, exactly the same as I. I assume it's the same as. But in this did. universe, Saw is real. It's sort of like the new Saw movie where Chris Rock is yes. in it, and like the yes. influence of Jigsaw <laughs> is ca- got into it. Julie Chen, and now she's killing. I have one like that. Survivor, like Survivor, literally, That's it's a, a slasher one. movie. So Liam's cast on Survivor, but each time a castaway is voted off, they vanish. They don't end up in Ponderosa. They're dead somewhere, right? Yeah. And Liam has to figure this out. It's like 10 little Indians. He's got to figure it out before final tribal council 
and he gets killed. But then the twist at the end is he's actually the one who's killing everybody. Ooh, man. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's I love it. You got another one for us? I got a, how about nailed it or failed it, man? Liam takes it into his matters into his own hands after he loses the golden chef hat, the coveted golden chef hat, and he takes the name of the show to its absurd and literal uh, conclusion. Oh. Ah, yes. And he bakes back with a vengeance. What do you got, Grace? Well, uh, not only is he a baker, but he's actually a, an, an amazing chef. And he decides to take down the biggest chef of all time, and that's on Hell's Kitchen with oh. our <laughs> Sir Gordon Ramsay. And just when Ramsay thought he was the toughest guy in the kitchen, Liam, he ends up winning everyone's heart. I mean, look at that guy smile. When he decides to smile, it's brilliant. America loves him. He makes it to the end. <laughs> now, what I like about this, Grace, is you're taking this sort of like very Scooby-Dooey and slant where you take yeah. these real world characters and you, you blend them with fiction. This is what I wanted to do as well with Shark Tank. Now, Liam is a character, but all the rest of the sharks are real people. They're Mark Cuban. They're all the sharks. Okay. Liam's is down as like entrepreneur. He used to be in, you know, have like a military. He used to be in the military. You know, he, he's had a hard time getting a job. He's come up with this great product, right? It's a sponge that looks like an emoji. And he goes on there to go pitch. He does a great thing. But then some terrorists take over ABC Studios. And then Liam Neeson is the only one who can save the sharks. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Love Here it. you go. Free ideas, love Hollywood. It. Free ideas. We got one more <laughs> ad, Grace, we're going to check out. We'll, we'll show you this ad. I don't think you've seen it yet. We'll see what you think. No. Audience, leave some comments to let us know what you think. It's by Subaru. Let's check it out. All right. So for the audio listeners, what we got here is we got Subaru driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Truck on the side. Oh All right, you got, a, my you got a, a mixed family here. You've got a golden retriever and a yellow lab, and their baby in the back seat. Now there's a bulldog or something driving oh, the truck. Oh, trucker salute! Oh, there we go. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Now the Subaru Forester. Oh, dog autonomous driving. Yeah, he did the classic pull down he the did, horn, man. right? But I got to yeah. say, if you notice, Grace, they never show the other dog pulling the horn down. And I don't think they, they probably just didn't have the CGI budget for it. Well, I think he, he's probably pressing. Oh, he's all right. Pressing oh, they don't the pull horn. down anymore? They don't, they don't have pull the... it down? All right. Well, I just made out. a dog assumption. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Grace, thanks for pointing out that trail to us. It's a, it's a great thing. You know, we'll take beggars can't be choosers. We'll take whatever movies we can get glorifying trucking and romanticizing it. We appreciate your time today. We'll catch up with you on the flip side. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you, Grace. Awesome. All right. You know what? Now we're going to talk to Adrian Chabon. He's the owner and CEO over yeah. at Cover 3 Consulting. And he, uh, he keyed on – so someone on social media, I forget who, they pointed out that on LinkedIn you can look up your social score. And it breaks it down into a few different categories. Then Adrian saw me post it, and then he was like, this is really cool. Let's break it down. So let's bring him up. We'll introduce him, and then we'll talk a little bit about how you can check your own social score and maybe even increase it a little bit. All so, right. Adrian, thanks for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me on. But I have to ask, uh, do I have to follow Liam Neeson? Oh, it sounds <laughs> like it, man. If you were going to make a movie, if you were going to make a movie with Liam Neeson right now, give us your quick pitch. My quick pitch, yeah. I would probably make sure that I didn't have I didn't have anybody getting captured anywhere because I was afraid he would kill somebody. I would I don't know. I don't know. Well, what about like the recruiter, right? And there's like this perfect recruit, but he's in a Cambodian jail cell. He got some trumped up charges and they have to drop Liam in to get him out because uh one of these three PLs is paying a ton of money for yeah. for brokers now. But I, I got to jump in so I can recruit somewhere in there, right? You can. Hey, tell us a little bit about, about your – give us the elevator pitch on yourself and, and Cover 3. Sure. Yeah, so I run a recruiting firm called Cover 3 Consulting. Uh, started that about two years ago coming out of uh, running recruiting for a group of transportation companies in Kansas City. 
Really, our goal is to put people in a position to win. That's why we call it Cover 3, uh, just simply because Cover 3 comes from my sports background. I was a coach and an athlete, and uh, it's a simple coverage in football, but um, it still works if you put good people in the right spot. Excellent stuff. So we're talking about, what are we talking about here? Local, a LinkedIn social score, right? And I went and checked mine out. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So really what LinkedIn social selling index is, is, uh, and, and again, I'm not an expert on this uh, yet, hope to be, um, but it's a, it's an index that they've created that, that they say, hey, here's, here's how you can um, be an expert in social selling. And they've broken it down into four categories. One's your professional brand. Two's uh, finding the right people. Three is engaging with insights and four is building relationships. And they say, hey, if you uh, do the right things, essentially, on the platform, they measure how you move and act on LinkedIn. And uh, it'll give you it'll spit out a score that helps you know kind of where you stand in relation to your network uh, and then also to your industry that you're involved with. Okay, well, we ran ours, so let's take a, a look at these. We, we ran both mine and Michael Vincent's. You can guess whose is whose. Uh, I, I have a screen in front. Which one is that? Oh, okay, that's, I know who uh, that, that is. I know who that is. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a couple things here. So that, that's actually mine, and it looks like I'm doing a good job building relationships here. I, um, I'm establishing my brand very well, but how do I increase finding the right people, this 15.2? And it seems like I get 10, I got 9.8 points to grow here, and I, I'd love to do it. Yeah, so finding the right people, and that's something that looks like are are fairly similar uh, there, Dooner, on on our our total scores there. And so, from what I understand on finding the right people, a big part of that is we've got uh, you know the bigger your network is, um, the broader probably people in different industries are, right? And so, from my understanding, it's really that you want to be engaged with the people that you're connected with. So ultimately, if I'm connected with people in the transportation industry. I want to connect with those people as much as possible. If I'm connected with also people in accounting or uh, the lumber industry or something like that, that's great. But primarily, I want to connect with people who are in the same industry as I am. And really what's going to help you there is uh, let's just use the, the Memphis truck scenario right now. The more that I understand what's going on, if I'm connected with other people who care about that right now, um, that's going to help me because the next time I talk to a client, uh, I'm going to be able to say, hey, is this affecting any lanes that you have right now? Are you guys dealing with this? Um, but if you if you weren't in the know, if you didn't see what was happening, whether that's what was going on with Ever Given or you know what's happening in the economy, then you may be out of the know a little bit and, and uh, that may not help you as much. Now, let's take a look at Michael Vincent's because his lowest category is another one we can talk about here, which is engage with insights does that just mean that does that just mean he's not responding to people who comment on his posts or or how does that work yeah so my understanding with that is it's kind of a combination and and this was a little different than what i thought it would be so it's actually engaging with your personal insights so actually engaging with insights like your social selling index uh it's engaging with insights on your profile and looking at hey what what am i doing well what am i not doing well uh it's Checking in and how could I be more effective at my in-mail, uh, you know, acceptance rates. Really, what they're trying to do is use this to help you use the um, the sales navigator tool. Really, it's it's a tool for them to sell the sales navigator tool, and it it is a great uh, great tool. So all the different insights that they offer, um, they want you to utilize all of those. And so if you're looking at those and then saying, okay, once I've taken a look at you know, my profile and the insights that they uh, offer on who's viewing my profile, how often people are viewing my profile, and then making changes based off of that, 
that's what that is when it comes to engaging with insights. Gotcha. So this is not necessarily how well you are at all these different things. It's how well you're engaging with the tools they offer to hmm. do all these things, which obviously would help you. I'm not dissing the, the tools. I think they're pretty decent, yeah. right? But that's kind of where it is. Yeah, so I right? don't feel so bad about not being huge in that category. I, right. I would say the like, for LinkedIn, I would say relationships and personal brand are, are the most important ones. And I know sure. that per, that's what I focus on, on most. And I do it by personalizing a lot of my content. I, I found like in logistics, it's not a surprise to me that most – um, that most are at 23, right? Pretty low on these yeah. 23 out of 100 doing pretty poorly. Because yeah. a lot of logistics stuff, people like, they don't come out of their shell. They just post copy. It's just a lot of marketing copy or they'll just share an article, not any insights. Nobody knows who you are. It's social media. You got to put yourself out there a little bit, right, Adrian? I 100% agree with you. I think, you know, I mean, I'm on the recruiting side, right? So, I mean, both on, on business and then recruiting both. Personally, I think the personal brand is going to take over the resume uh, at any point now. And I think LinkedIn's a great platform to build your personal brand. You don't have to make it complicated. Add a great background, uh, add a great professional picture, start, you know, posting things that are re relevant to the industry and then just about yourself. I mean, if you do that consistently, people want to do business with people that they know, they like, they trust. We've heard that before. And I think you can do that by simply engaging with content and creating content uh, that shows people of those things. So Adrian, let me ask you this. And it's kind of like the, the volume versus quality or content type of argument, right? So, you know, people will post and we talk about this type of stuff in, in, in the office and have in the past, but say, wow, I got like 2,700 likes on this post. Yeah. Like two comments maybe. Yeah. Right. Or, or how many views that they got. I got 2,700 views, let's say, or like five likes, which one's more important. The, the number of followers that you have say 15,000 or that you're engaged with maybe a few hundred on a regular basis and with better content. Yeah. I'm going to say engagement. And, and for me, you know, I, I you know, we're a smaller group, uh, cover three. And so for what we found works really well for us, it's just consistency. When you think of just uh, utilizing the platform on, on LinkedIn uh, is if we're consistent posting things, we don't have a great big marketing budget or anything like that. For us, can we post things that are relevant consistently? Can we interact with people that matter consistently? Because at the end of the day, we hope that they see us as someone that, uh, hey, when we need to recruit in the transportation industry, that, that's them because we know that uh, they're experts there. They've done it before. And so uh, I would I would say it's all about consistency and, and engagement. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake or the blind spot that a lot of people have on LinkedIn when thinking about content is they go, I just have to put that marketing copy out there or industry yeah. news, which you're missing out on the complete other half of it, the real sort of brand building, which is bringing people inside your process, telling you, telling people what's interesting about your job, why you're worth following, what unique perspective do you bring? And that doesn't necessarily have to be on industry news or the product. It has to do with your business life, your mm. process, sometimes even your personal life. All of those things can come together to really fill in that, uh, that brand. Adrian, we got to spin this wheel, don't we? Oh, yeah. Let's wheel spin the wheel. Here it comes. Let's do it. What do you got? All right. The movie Ratatouille. Was it based on a true story? Absolutely. Oh, you knew wow. that answer. He knew that one. So do you know the actual story behind how it's based on a true story? No idea. <laughs> okay, well, according to the Daily Just a Beast, solid guess. <laughs> the character of Gasto, the overweight chef who dies of, si of sadness after losing a Michelin star, only to return to Remy as the rat's imaginary friend, was based on a real-life person, a man named Bernard Luisio. So, it's a great there you movie. go, Adrian. I, love, love the movie. I, didn't, I didn't know that. 
Well, Adrian, people want to reach out. They want to talk about Ratatouille, Pixar films, or anything else with you, recruiting, all that kind of stuff. Where should we send them to? Uh, find me on LinkedIn, Adrian Chapman, or you can go to our website, www.cov3consulting.com. Beautiful. Right Thank on. you. Thanks so much, Adrian. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, let's bring up John Piper, Director of Telematics at Add On Systems. Johnny! What's up, dude? <laughs> Good morning, guys. Glad to be here. How y'all doing? Hey, can you hear? What's your Liam Neeson movie? Pitch us a Liam Neeson movie. Man, I am I'm not a big movie guy, so I don't I can't even give any Liam Neeson titles, unfortunately. That's a kind of a bomb. We should have probably uh rehearsed this before we got oh, on the never. air. Dude, I'm, I'm never going to Liam Neeson like 5G. Yeah. Where he tries to stop the spread of COVID was, through yeah, the 5G t- network. Taking taking 3G. <laughs> taking 3G. Yeah, he's taking all the, the Liam, 3G away. Liam Liam Neeson 3G, where he kills off the 3G network. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. Yeah, thriller. There he is. Yeah, so all right, you're into it now. You're into it. So, John, introduce yourself. Let the audience know who you are. What's up? Hey, guys, John Piper, uh, Add-On Systems. We've been helping uh, clients for over 27 years integrate their telematics and other solutions, uh, primarily in the truckload sector here in North America. Uh, I didn't grow up in the trucking industry, but got into it and uh, been a fascinated with the technology sector and been on the tech side of of trucking for about 25 years, Dooner and the Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool, man. Tell us about the uh, 3G sunset, 2G, 3G sunset. We hear this is coming up. Now, most people walking around, they don't care about it because their phones, you haven't had a 3G phone in a long time. We've all been using 4G. But they're wondering where they can get the the best view of this sunset, right? It's kind of like the blood moon or something. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) on top of Kilimanjaro with Liam. Right. Um, So what's going on with the 3G sunset, and why is this important? Who's it going to impact? Yeah, I actually work for for Qualcomm. A lot of folks know that if you're a sports guy, Qualcomm Stadium out in San Diego. But Qualcomm was really the innovator and leader of this digital movement in in, uh, the telephone space. And I was at Qualcomm in like 05, 06 when 3G first came out. And I remember how excited we were because you could now start getting some pictures through your phone and maybe some short video and stuff we take for granted now. But for the trucking sector, guys, there's so many assets, you know, to just do an Internet of Things, you know, a GPS position, maybe a little bit of data back and forth. You don't need a real powerful network. That's why 2G and 3G have served their purpose as well. However, there's so many trailers out there. There's so many tractors and other devices uh, in the supply chain and the trucking sector that are communicating through 3G. And I was just on the phone with AT&T right before I came on live. They plan on shutting down completely the 3G network uh, on the AT&T side in February of 2022. So as we know, all know, boy, that's boom. What's that? About seven, eight months away. I think Verizon and, and T-Mobile Sprint may extend that a little bit longer. But what it means to these fleets is you need to start planning today if you haven't already. A lot of fleets I talk to, they may have 20, 30, 40% of their digital assets that are still on 3G. And there's a, some supply chain constraints and other things with the chips. I know we may talk about the chip shortage a little bit as well. Uh, start planning today to get 4G LTE or even some 5G units in uh, so you're protected when that network is shut down. So uh, hold on a second here, John. So is is this totally a hardware update or can it be done through uh, through program? Can it be program updates to be able to switch over or no? It's totally hardware. It's it's hardware, uh, Michael. Yeah, they're going to need to replace if it's a say an ELD, a, a telematics device in yeah. the tractor. It's handling their hours of service. 
it's a hardware upgrade. It's a chipset. Uh, talking and communicating with that new 4G LTE network. Same thing on the trailer tracking. Uh, you know, a lot of the software stuff is done on the back end on the network side, but uh, it's new hardware on the network as well. You know, 3G hardware, 4G LTE, 5G is all a hardware play. Now, John, 2020 seemed like it was going to be a tough year for a lot of people, especially in logistics. And it, and it looked that way up until yeah. maybe about midway, mid-May when rates recovered. You were recently talking about owner-operator earnings hitting a record high in 2020. year turned around for a lot of people, not just owner-operator, big companies saying they had record earnings as well, except for YRC. Who knows yeah, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, they call yellow now. Okay, hey, you you all are the voice <laughs> of reason. I, I like you keep it raw and real. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do a, a monthly podcast called The Road Home, where we is mainly focused around sharing information and knowledge for that independent contractor. You know, that about ten percent of the drivers out there are owner operators, independent contractors. And I had Todd Amen on recently, and his business is focused around doing tax returns and some financial planning for independent contractors and uh record year in 2020 is I had him on he was doing the tax returns uh, him and his staff and you know it was a perfect storm in a good way for independent contractors guys you know fuel prices were near record lows or you know two three year lows I know you have John Kingston there that can give us the exact you know economic update on that. Mm-hmm. But then you also right had uh, no, <laughs> tremendous freight demand. Uh, freight rates were, were good. It was a perfect storm in, in, in a lot of good ways. Uh, traffic, you know, the highways were kind of shut down other than big truck traffic. So, you know, they didn't have those uh, bottlenecks like in Dallas and, uh, you know, Nashville and, and Los Angeles. So it, it was a good thing uh, for the independent contractors. I think on average, guys, they they netted sixty eight thousand dollars. You know, obviously there's a lot of uh, expenses that go into an independent contractor model. You know, the tractor, the the chrome on that tractor, and some other mm-hmm. things. But record year, and things are trending well uh, so far in the first two quarters of this year. You know, fuel obviously is going to impact that probably the last two quarters. But uh, everything's looking good for both company drivers and owner operators. So you've got company drivers, you've got companies buying uh, new tractors, new trailers, bringing in all this capacity, et cetera. Are, we, are they setting themselves up again as, you know, we've seen this happen many times before where things get really good, capacity comes back with a, with a vengeance, uh, things start to settle down, and then we got uh, too much capacity sitting out there. Are we setting ourselves up again, or you think this just rolls? Well, a couple things, Vincent, there. Um, in, in preparation for this, I talked to a couple uh, manufacturers, kind of time back to that chip shortage. Mm-hmm. And Dooner, I'm talking about computer chips, not tortilla chips. I know it's about <laughs> lunchtime here in Chattanooga. So I know you're getting hungry, but uh, stay with me. Uh, anyhow, I-, I talked to a large uh, Volvo Mac dealer. I called my newsletter uh, all salsa, no chips. I know all about these chips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys need to come to Dallas, man. We could have people are starting to break bread in person, man. I was in Starbucks this morning. First time today, they let people sit in the lobby. It was awesome. We could have gone but, to the uh, space museum in Houston. That I accidentally had tickets. to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Here's the Starbucks, a, a little plug for Starbucks. But Hey, Vincent, back to your question. Uh, you know, I talked to a large Volvo Mac dealer, uh, recently. They said they could sell a thousand more tractors today. If they had them, you know, yeah. when I say had them, the supply chain, whether it's OEM equipment, uh, tractors, trailers, you guys know this, huge delays. They're taking orders now for 
like uh, Q2 of next year due to partly due to the chips, but there's other things like resin that go into bumpers that was impacted by the Texas uh, winter storm Uri oh, back yeah. in February. There's all sure. kinds of supply chain constraints. Sure. Uh, a lot to do with the chips, but to answer your question, there aren't new tractors, not many used tractors out there available. I mean, look at your Ford dealers, your Toyota dealers. They have very little inventory. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. I don't see a lot of owner operators going out and buying, you know, new $140,000, $160,000 tractors. We've got the Peterbilt, uh, Packard Peterbilt manufacturing right down the road here in Denton, Texas. So yeah. uh, I know they're having some challenges. You know, I would return to my Honda lease like two weeks ago yeah. and I was said, shocked. No, Nobody you. there tried to make me buy it or sell me on another car. They must have already had another buyer for this thing. They were just happy to take it. And they're like, all right, get out of here. I'm like, really? No, hey, Duner, they no probably, sales pitch. If they no would have had a, a, probably you had a contract price in there. You probably could have bought it. Yeah. Uh, they probably sold it for 2000 more than they could have sold it to oh, you. Oh, anyway. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. I was a, you ever so go with like, something like that? Though, so like, you're like the guy the cult didn't want. I told off Honda Financial Services because, true story, during the summer, my bank down the street, it changed names from uh, like First Tennessee to First Horizon. Yeah. So it screwed up ACH. I didn't uh, realize this. I don't check my emails. It's auto pay. Right. Well, I guess yeah. they didn't get paid yeah. for a month and a half. They were, I only found out about this because I, I paid them next time I was in the system. I only find out about it when I'm buying a house and it impacted my credit score. So I called them up and I'm like, take this off there, Honda. Yeah. They said no. And I said, well, you're dead to me. Yeah. 21 years, Honda. Uh, it's over now. I'm getting the Cybertruck. You're over with. Twitter, you're man. I, it's I've personal now. I'm angry. <laughs> it's personal now. I'm angry. Yeah, hey, I've, got a, I've got a Honda Ridgeline. Uh, you know, it's a pickup truck, but but some real kind of Texas truckers, they, they remind me, hey, John, that's not really a pickup truck. That's yeah, a unibody go. construction or something. That's I'm like, right. man, it's kind well, of come a pickup on. truck. Hey, John, well, if people want to make fun of you more after this show, where do we send them to? <laughs> Well, hey, I heard you all talking about LinkedIn. I did a, a short, I'm a big fan of uh, social. I did a LinkedIn video about this show last night. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at John Piper. You can go to addonsystems.com. You know, if you have any questions about telematics, 3G, Sunset, I'm more than happy to, to help you out there. And, uh, or jpiper at aos.biz. You can find me there as well. Thanks, John. Awesome. John Thanks, the John. Pied Piper. Take it easy, brother. You guys have <laughs> a great piece out. Hang out with John and watch that 3G sunset. Absolutely. Again, this B-speckled edition. We're both wearing glasses. I couldn't put my contacts in today. The, the uh, yeah, I was pollen what is was too going bad. On. Was that what is pollen getting you? Yeah, it's like mace by Mother mm. Nature. Yeah. It's, they call that like a seasonal conjunctivitis. Like okay. I was just like all red and puffy and like I put the con, it bounced right off. It was terrible, dude. It's nasty. All right. Well, again, we'd like to thank our partners <laughs> at Legend <laughs> Transportation for sponsoring today's episode. Legend Transportation uh, partners with strategic customers while providing seamless solutions for its drivers in his West Regional's premier freight transportation company. Learn more at Tell em, Dude. Oh, my gosh. You got to go to newlegendinc.com immediately after the show. All right, super well, important. Liam's topic. coming for you. <laughs> super important topics: Mental Health Awareness oh, yeah. Month, yeah. and I. It's in our honor to bring on this guest. It's Chris Hendricks. He's the co-founder and head of partnerships at Boone Health. Boone Health is already helping our industry in a partnership with Molo, who they provide services to. We're going to learn all about it. We're going to talk about some mental health issues, especially as people go back to the office, um, remote uh, teledoctoring versus HR, and all of those kind of things. So, Chris, come up on stage. What's up, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. Hey, Chris, I introduce yourself a little bit. Where do you come from? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me, having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Chris Henricks, I'm a co-founder and head of partnerships at Boone Health. I'm calling in from uh, Evanston, Illinois, so right outside of Chicago. 
Beautiful. Excellent, Beautiful. excellent, excellent. So talk, talk to us about Boone Health. Man. Yeah. How, does, how does everything work there? Yeah, so Boone Health is a mental well-being coaching platform. Mm-hmm. So we built out a private network of ICF-accredited life coaches and master's level therapists that have coaching in their background. And we're essentially the platform that's connecting employees of businesses that we partner with directly with our network for one-on-one personalized confidential coaching geared towards the needs of whatever they're going through. Yeah, you know, and this came up. So I did that Freightways Insiders with Andrew Silver, the CEO over right. at Molo. And we, we talked about mental health and, and uh, especially from his leadership perspective. You can find yeah. Freightways Insiders on your favorite podcast player of choice. Um, but he, it turns out that he is a client of, of Boone Health. And you had reached out to me after Andrew said this. Andrew had this to say. He said, this past year has been a challenging year for everyone, but I'm glad it has put a heightened focus on employee engagement. We said from day one that we wanted to build the best work environment for our people. Our partnership with Boone Health is another step towards creating that. So what do those steps look like? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. And um, we also work with another company called Mastery Logistics uh, based here in Chicago as well. Um, Essentially what the partnership looks like, we work with progressive leadership teams that are looking to provide an enhanced employee experience for their employees. Um, So when we start working with the company, we have a form of a rollout strategy where they let their employees know of the new benefit, which is Boone Health. We send out an email to every single employee, um, introducing them to Boone. They can watch a quick welcome video. They can then take a welcome survey where we learn more about them, what they're interested in working on. And based on the responses, we're actually sending them a follow-up email that matches them to two coaches that we think are uniquely curated to work with them based on their interests and where they're what where they're trying to grow, whether it's personal, professional based, um, and that's how the partnership starts. And from there, each employee gets up to two coaching sessions per month. Um, the coaching sessions are thirty minutes, and there's a midweek check in. So just the continuity of support and care is something that we think is really important. Um, everything is done virtually through Zoom, so you're able to meet with your coach directly uh, uh, through our Zoom link. You're able to schedule time directly on their calendar, and we make it really easy for you to um, to, to sign up and manage your, your relationship with your coach. It's very, very interesting. So, Chris, when, when you think of uh, mental health and going to HR for those type of benefits, right, it kind of seems like the wrong place to go. Like they, maybe that's not the, the goals aren't uh, aligned necessarily with what you're thinking with your mental health. They're more aligned with maybe with uh, protecting the company than really protecting the employees. And there's that kind of if I go to them and I go through this process, they're going to discover this or whatever it happens to be. And I'm going to be you know, singled out. Is that fair to say? And how do you overcome that? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Appreciate you flagging it. And that's kind of how we started Boone. So I started dealing with mental health and depression uh, when I was in college. Um, And later on, I went to go join JP Morgan. It was a high stress environment. And then went to go work for a real estate technology company based in San Francisco. I was building out their New York office. And both jobs were extremely stressful. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel like the benefits that they offered through a something called an employee assistance program, which is how 80% of companies deal with crisis intervention and crisis management with their employees. I didn't necessarily want to go reach out to HR as well, because there's a huge stigma associated yeah. with working with HR. Um, 
and you don't necessarily want to say that something is wrong in your personal life that could be impacting your work life because there is a, a risk there, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole concept why Boom was created. We wanted to make preventative mental well-being solution that reduces the stigma, is in, endorsed by employers that want to be forward-looking and provide this sort of benefit. And that's why we love the idea of introducing Boone directly to your employees. So you remove the need for HR to be involved. We are 100% confidential. We're working directly with your employees. Um, we don't share any of the details that are go on in the coaching sessions or any of the details that go on more broadly. Um, and so you're, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head just having that degree of barrier between HR and your employees and really making sure that it's confidential is immensely important to mm-hmm. the business that we're working with. Now, I've heard it said recently that um, in just a few years, it'll be unheard of to hear of Fortune 5 companies that do not offer uh, teletherapy or, or, or uh, virtual therapy, I guess is a more common term for, for now. Okay. Uh, it seems like preventative mental health also, mental health care is starting to get some recognition just as, you know, everyone's aware of preventative health care, right? You go in the doctor for the physical, you're incentivized to do it. Preventive health, preventative mental health care is starting to gain some traction and prominence. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yes, definitely. And I think um, even in industries that we hadn't necessarily expected it. So um, we're working with a lot of companies in logistics space because it is a younger industry, um, there are a lot of sales metrics that are oriented with growth. And I think overall, it's, it's a way to um, help your employees stay at the company longer, feel invested in a longer term strategy, and make sure that their personal lives, both inside and outside of the office, are taken care of. Because that's the number one way that you're going to keep your employees happy, you're going to keep them productive, and you're going to help them get through any everyday challenges that they're facing, whether that's personal or professional, like I mentioned, um, that whole work-life integration has essentially happened overnight. And I do think that having an outside uh, provider that can work with your employees directly is going to be basically the way that all companies will be operating in the future. And it's something that we continue to see. Yeah, you know, Chris, uh, Andrew Silvers is obviously a forward-thinking leader, and he understands the, the, the benefits for having people who are fully engaged in the in, in importance of mental health, right? So talk to us about Molo. How, how did you bring them on as a, as a client? What was that process like? Yeah, so I actually know Andrew Silver um, for many years ago. We're both uh, Chicago natives, both went to University of Michigan. Um, and so I, I've known him for some time and he actually reached out to me when he saw me post on LinkedIn about Boone and, and what we were building. They were starting to think about something similar for Molo. Um, so he introduced me to his HR person, Kara. She's amazing. Um, and they said like, look, this is something that we are really interested in. Um, this is why we want to see this impacted across our organization. And we actually launched with them last November. Um, so we've been working with them for a few months now. Um, and the, the u- utilization has been am- amazing. Um, about 45% of their company has engaged with Boone Health at some point th- since we've launched with them. Um, we have about 30% active on our platform right now. So 30% of Molo is working directly with a, a coach one-on-one. Um, and they continue to use us for so many different things for the organization. I mean, they're growing at an insane rate right now. So 50% of new hires across our business portfolio sign up to work with a Boone coach on day one. 
And something else that we think is really impactful is that 50% of the people that start working with Boone have never used a coach or therapist before. Mm. And so being able to start that process earlier, um, make sure employees are feeling supported, especially with what's gone on over the last year, um, has been really impactful. And uh, Molo continues to use us for performance evaluation, for one-on-ones with management teams. Um, we're me- meeting with our employee responsibility group uh, later I- I- in the month. So um, continuing to engage with them in a number of different ways and fashions. Now, Chris, let me let me ask you something here. So there, there's a story I'm pretty honest about. I did a TED Talk about. I've talked about it on here about going to rehab in 2016, a due diagnosis program for uh, where I was diagnosed with clinical depression and, and alcoholism, right? Um, one thing that happened, though, I haven't really talked about is what happens afterwards, and that's going to therapy or AA or all of those kind of things. And I've had a bunch of therapists, but I am terrible at therapy because I tend to be um, and I don't mean to do it, but I tend to be very manipulative with my therapist and I'm not honest with them and I don't trust them. How do you get people past that, that, that feeling of, of just not trusting the other person they're speaking to when you're talking about these highly sensitive subjects? Yeah. So that's a big part of why we have a chief clinical officer. Her name's Robin Axelrod. She's been doing this for 20 years. She's a master's, master's social work. She's also been a trained coach for the past, uh, 10 years as well. So she brings a really unique element of, being able to find and attract the best coaches um, from varying degrees of background, both professional experience and mental health experience. Uh, And a huge component of our platform is making sure that we're onboarding the best coaches and training them in the best capacity. So we have monthly webinars that are touching on high, high, uh, high priority topics. Um, Like what you just mentioned, I think building that trust in a very early fashion really helps when you're starting your relationship with your coach or therapist. Um, And so we work to monitor notes that are taken. We make sure that the quality of care has been, uh, has been increased as we continue to grow over time. And our chief clinical officer, Robin is a huge component of why we're able to help break down those barriers that a lot of people feel when they start working with a coach or therapist from day one. Interesting. So, Chris, I've got a question here. So you, you have to bring you have to have that anonymity, right? You've got to have that privacy in there. And I understand that completely. But there's got to be some data points that you're able to look at and 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 analyze, I would imagine. Have you learned anything specific about the logistics industry getting into that with I guess you got Molo and another one there that you don't see in another one? Or is, is there anything anything there? Yeah. So a few of the things that we've seen um, is in the logistics industry, there's a younger workforce by age and and demographic across uh, what we normally see. And we're seeing that on average, there's a 20% increase in resilience, which is the main metric that we're tracking when you work with a boom coach. On average, after just six coaching sessions, you're seeing a 20% increase in resilience um, from working with your coach. And that's one thing that we're really proud of. There's decades of research that show resilience is the number one predictor of employee satisfaction, productivity, and we think that it'll, it'll help to prove out um, working with a coach over time. We're also seeing a decreased amount of voluntary attrition. So employees that are working with a boom coach are staying at their company longer because they feel invested in it. Um, and we're actually running an analysis, uh, kind of measuring some of the performance reporting uh, across the industry. But I think in terms of attrition and feeling companies, uh, feeling employees feeling like they are invested in and want to, to help them to be a long-term employee of the business, 
um, those are a few of the main metrics that we've been tracking. What did you learn over the past year? I'm, I'm sure there had to be a lot of just feedback of, of solitude and solitude can also breed both depression, but also powerlessness. A lot of mm. times when you're working remotely, especially if you're not in a lot of contact with your team, you can feel like you're, you're out on an Island. Um, did, did conversations around that seem to crop up a lot more in 2020? Yes, definitely. And I think the, the lasting impacts of what we've seen from that solitude have, have been pretty drastic um, in terms of people's mental health and kind of the increase of the prevalence over the last year. Um, but I think onboarding an employee remotely has been extremely challenging. And having them not meet other members of their team has been extremely challenging. Not having that face-to-face contact. I mean, it's been a year since a lot of these companies have been together with their employees. And in the case of Molo, I mean, they've almost doubled their employee headcount within that time frame. Um, so across the entire logistics uh, industry, I mean, it has been immense growth. There's been far more complex needs than ever. And make sure, making sure your employees are well taken care of and providing that support system is another reason why we think that we've seen a lot of success in the logistics industry so far. Unbelievable. So, I mean, you think about the office workers and it makes perfect sense that this year has been very stressful. The dramatic changes that are going yeah. on there. Right. But how, how about drivers? Those that are this is this is their job. Right. I mean, they've got chronic loneliness, anxiety, that type of stuff. What do you see in there? Yeah, so um, we primarily work with logistics companies. We haven't seen a ton in in the driver space yet. Um, We do have the ability to offer business-to-consumer coaching through our network, um, where it would be self-pay for others that are interested in in trying and seeing if Mm -hmm. it could be a support system for them. Um, But we haven't worked with a a number, any of the the trucker companies that are um, supporting truckers more broadly. When it comes to something like uh, depression, I know you mentioned some familiarity with it. I I have myself. It's one of those, it's a disease that's hard to bring up. And it it usually takes the person themselves to empower themselves to do, which can be very tough when you're in waves of depression. Um, How does, how do you guys help with that? Or I'd imagine you're you're trained to to sort of find that people tell you something like they're not going out as much. I mean, for me, it's like wounded animal thing. I don't, unless you live with me, you wouldn't know. Ah, yeah. So I think, that goes back to your point about building trust. It's uh, at the forefront of everything that we do when we are starting our coaching relationship. Um, we actually aren't providing uh, clinical support. We work with a company's employees assistant program, but we're training all of our coaches to, um, f- to let us know if they see any red flags from their conversations. Um, and then work, we're working alongside our chief clinical officer to make sure that we're addressing and, um, and raising any concerns that we have directly with the employee so they can they can get that support. But it goes back to trust and making sure you have the best providers on your platform that can work with employees of the businesses that we're partnering with. How about other areas of well-being, Chris? Especially, I mean, you know, work-life balance, work-life and, and home balance, that type of stuff. How, what, do you, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it kind of all factors into employee mental well-being, right? Yeah. So they're uh, the one thing that we really appreciate about our product is that some people want to talk about mental health. Other people are more engaged in productivity and professional development. And so we're able to span that entire spectrum spectrum, depending on what employees are interested in working through. So whether that's stay at home parenting, whether that's meditation, nutrition, um, our coaches have a diverse background and we're able to support them along every single topic that they're interested in covering. 
Um, but you bring up a really good point is that there are different needs of different employees. And so being able to make sure our product can meet all of those specific unique needs is a huge component of why businesses continue to choose to work with Boone Health. So how do people go about advocating for their company to bring on a, a product like this? Yeah, so um, I think a, a big component is to reach out to your HR team, let them know that you've heard about Boone Health. I mean, we've already uh, reached, we've already received a number of um, a, a number of inquiries from the logistics space because uh, there is a who's doing what, right? And so let them know that Molo and Mastery are both doing something like Boone Health. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can find our email at www.boon-health. Dot com, and you can schedule a demo directly on my calendar. Um, and that way we can begin the process of figuring out what would work best for you and your team and uh, hopefully support you along the way. Chris, Excellent thank stuff. you. We, we really appreciate it. Thanks for introducing what you guys are doing over at Boone to us today. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you for raising it as well. It's, it's awesome that you guys are, uh, that you're flagging this and it's so important to you. Now, before you go, we got to spin this wheel one time. Oh, yeah. All right, let's see what I mean, we got. Stupid. Spin around. The wheel of stupid questions. Let's see what it lands on. Sure, will have a great answer, too. Oh, right. wheel of stupid. All right. So, Chris, you're in the Matrix. You're familiar with the Matrix. Do you yes. take the red pill and learn the life-changing truth, or do you take the blue pill and live in blissful ignorance? I take the red pill every single day because the... Uh, ever-changing truth is the one that's going to help you grow and move forward. Um, and I think that's something that you continue to learn while working with a Boone coach is that you need to address a lot of these things that are coming up in your life. Nice. Go. See, if he was from like Pfizer, he would say, take the other pill. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. If he was <laughs> a drug, if he was a drug rep, he'd be yeah. like, ah, ignorance exactly. actually is bliss. Pill. What are you, are you stressing out about? It's that's like half the problems in your life. Yeah. Now, Chris, thank, thank you once again. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks guys. Appreciate your time. Peace. Mental health is a, uh, it's a big deal. Not a little deal. Let's hit the bumper. It is a huge one. Big deal. Little deal. Oh, okay. So we both lived in Southern California for a while. So we are very familiar with In and Out, right? Oh, yeah. In so, dude, out. In and Out is rolling Wait. out cookout fleets. So, this is a big thing, too, because yeah. as you know, uh, In and Outs aren't franchised. They're all owned by In and Out. You can only get them in certain regions. They're very tightly controlled where these things show up and check out these trucks. That is a serious, deal? serious food truck right there, my friend. That is a, yeah. <laughs> a double doubles on 18 wheels yeah i think the answer's right there now like they, they that's like the sequel to uh the ice road <laughs> we gotta get these the burgers, burgers to these guys get, it's already hours to get the burgers to out of cheese now it's personal okay so tell me something though you looked this up a little bit how much I does did. it cost to book one of those okay so this is uh yeah I'm, I'm going with big deal my friend so you gotta be in colorado right now right okay. certain certain places so hopefully it'll go to other places but so i looked up i wanted to feed 900 or 9999 of my closest friends of our what truck fans sure in, Chicago, in 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 denver and bring this out and give them the full on double double meal yeah. Right? For 24 hours at an event. Okay. 105 grand. Uh, I mean, the average wedding. Okay, so the average For, wedding. But that, that's like. The average 125 person wedding is like $35,000. Sure. Costs a lot of money to feed a lot of people. So you could feed 10,000 people for 10,000 people for 105 grand. It's not bad. That's 10 bucks a plate. That's right. That's not bad. Double doubles, full meals. Yeah, in and out too. It's not like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not yeah, like, yeah. Lunch, like school lunchrooms. Ilios Pizza. Or yeah, something. exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not some. It is legit. So I'm going big deal with that one. Oh, you th- would you think? Uh, I gotta ask. Do you think other companies will follow suit? 
It's very unique. It's very unique to In-N-Out. It, it is, and they're a first mover, and it's in and out, man. They've got a great following. So, they're, you know, they're, it's going to be successful. All right, big deal, little deal, my okay. friend. A body of a missing man is found in a Spanish dinosaur statue. I mean, this is a big deal just it, for a lot of reasons because it's so weird. Like, I think we have a picture. Look at this we, statue. Yeah, so there it is. Apparently, he drops his cell phone. And he, uh, at the leg, I'm imagining it's in the leg of this. It and says, yeah, in the leg. Yeah. He goes to get his cell phone, and somehow he falls inside this paper mache uh, stegosaurus to never be heard from again. He dies inside the stegosaurus. Uh, upside down. Upside down. So he must have been so crammed in there, he couldn't, like, reach the phone and call for help. I'm not sure how constricted he was, how long it took him to die. He was found a few hours after his family reported him missing, but apparently he'd, when they looked back, he'd been gone for a couple days. Hey. And I was watching a video of them as extracting the person from there now it wasn't graphic but no. they're going to that back leg and it, the back leg is by that ramp yeah so this person would have had to like kind of go into this this area and force themselves in that position so i don't know exactly what happened it's pretty tragic and also like how do you how do you tell people that your your friend or your family member died by falling inside of a stegosaurus leg. You, you're thinking about how you write the obituary for this but i mean like how do you even tell like did you just, I, just something happened died inside of a got, stegosaurus dinosaur got him yeah, dinosaur got him. Unbelievable, man. Well, <laughs> unbelievable. dude, this is a story you are at frequently. Home Depot's one <laughs> supply chain is taking shape with a massive 2021 growth. Is that a big deal or a little deal? I think it's a huge deal, right? So this is from the uh, uh, point of sales. It's an excerpt from the point of sales, Andrew uh, Cox's stuff, which is, is great stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a really big deal. Uh, I mean, the growth at Home Depot and the growth in the demand for Home Depot is, is not that. I mean, we've talked about it, right? Sure. Nobody's shocked by that. The way they're uh, developing the supply chain, it's really omni-channel, as, as Andrew puts out, which I think is the big deal, is how they're going about doing this. They're really hitting the flatbed market for the, for the contractors and the industrial type of stuff. They've got the no-stock. Uh, uh, delivery operations that's going on, and then they've got this the separate uh, uh, that have stock delivery or distribution centers that are there, uh, and they're doing it in stages, right? They're building like five or six of these, seeing how it works, and then doing six more, tweaking it as they go. Hollifield, Mark Hollifield, there, uh, I think he's got a good plan going on here, and it looks like they're executing it quite well. I, I think it's a big deal. It's a very smart move. What's really interesting to me at Home Depot, too, is their alumni, the people who work for them or formerly worked for them, like like Hope White, who we've had on a number of times. So much pride for that 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 working on the supply chain at Home Depot in the past that they oh yeah people really care that they used to work there oh yeah they absolutely do and I've been there before on their earnings day and so on when everybody's wearing their their orange aprons at work and everything like that down at the headquarters there in yeah. Atlanta it's it's they've got a good team going on now, so this doesn't surprise you because you you no. I was in an apartment up until recently so you had all summer you build a lot of projects you were really stress testing how Home Depot oh, sure. was doing during, throughout the pandemic and yeah. up till now they knocked it out of the park. For me, yes, absolutely they did. And I've learned a few tricks that I can share with you if you want what to. Are they? Yeah, what are they? Well, one of them, I, when I'm doing complicated uh, projects, like I built a swing, uh, I built a port swing right, yeah, yeah. recently. So a lot of different parts and stuff like that. I will go online, even if I'm going there right now, I'll go in there online, I'll do all my shopping online and put it in there as if I'm going to pick the stuff up, right? And then I immediately drive there before they even call me. Immediately drive there, and then I go to the pickup and say, hey, I'm here, you haven't picked my stuff yet, can I have the printout? They print it out, and it tells you exact bays and where everything is. Okay. So you don't have to search. 
know what oh. I'm saying? If you don't want to wait like a day for them to pick it, okay, do it that way, and they'll just print it out for you right there and tell you where everything is. Do they like this, or are they like, oh, here comes yeah, this they're like, hey, guy. beautiful, no but problem. It sounds like you're you're trying to mess with their process. No, 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 right. no, not, not nothing at all. Okay. I just go and I pick it and I come back and I hand it to them. They say, yep, you're good, and I get a receipt and you're gone. All it's right. awesome. What else we got there, my friend? So, Dooner, last Sunday, May 16th, uh, our Eagle County Sheriff's, the Eagle County Sheriff's Sheriff's Office canine, it's not mine, (laughs) the Eagle County Sheriff's Office canine teams were making their way back from Colorado from canine certification trials in Wyoming when one of the marked canine patrol vehicles began to have mechanical issues, my friend. That's when a Good Samaritan trucker showed up to lend a hand. Big deal or little deal to you? It's a pretty big deal because that's the mechanic that's supposed to be helping Liam Neeson free those uh, miners <laughs> up in uh, up in the Antarctic. Yeah, what's going on? Is that what's why? So why do you think the corporation wanted to stop Liam Neeson? What? Why? Up, yeah, well, like up in the Arctic. Like, why were they sending um, up in Canada? Why were well, they? Well, I, I, well, I mean, before the show, we were talking to Gray Sharkey, and I think she yeah. had the brilliant insight of of saying that it, it's something along their insurance lines, right? They're going to be discovered that the the employees actually weren't taking their full thirty minute lunch breaks or something. Yeah, like oh, that. their hours of service. Yeah, the or hours the of service was out for. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a hidden black mine. No, this is a pretty big deal. It's pretty cool that they uh, they came over. They fixed. The, the driver who did it, he didn't want um, any payment or anything. You know, it shows a good uh, good highlight on Good Samaritan truck drivers. So, you know, pretty big deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whenever we can highlight these things, too, the Good Samaritan yeah. coming along and doing it, I think it's incredibly important to do that. Yeah, it hits you right in the feels. It does. Absolutely. Do good. So the Ice Road, we have about a month for it to come out. And we're definitely going to review it and, and have it on the show. I'm, I'm excited to to jump into it. But what do you think the outcome is? Do you think that, do you think that Liam is successful in his mission? I do. Yeah, I think 100% all the way around. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. What Absolutely. would lead you to believe that from that bridge collapsing in the trailer? Uh, dude, he, he's, he's like the modern-day MacGyver. He, he gets through all of it, man. He's, he's, and he's got a mechanic, dude. They paid 50 bucks to get that mechanic out of... <sighs> out of jail. Out of jail. So what do you think he did to get out of jail? I still think it was, it was overdue book fines or overdue, something. Yeah. I don't know. It was something very serious. It took it was $50 for bail, dude. They don't, they don't slap that kind of prize tag on, on, on just anybody. I'm looking forward to it. Make more trucking movies. You'll get them covered right here on What the Truck, uh, Hollywood. Right. We're telling you out there. Hey, coming up on uh, on Wednesday, who we got coming up? We got Max Farrelly, CEO of WorkHound. We'll be talking about driver sentiment. It's been a bit since we caught yeah. up with him. He'll tell us what drivers are thinking out there a little bit post-pandemic, how things are going for them. Uh, Robert Moffat, EVP and Director of Operations over at Legend Transportation, is going to talk to us about the market. Uh, Charles Gracie, President of Hot Seat Services, telling you how difficult it is to fill those hot seats right now with, uh, with driver recruiting capacity. Always a big, big topic. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. It's getting harder and harder, right? Now, Ice Road kind of looks like this ad that Tive has out. Tive has this great ad, this Western, oh. <laughs> this Krenner Konami is coming on CEO of Tive. Okay. We're going to be talking about his ad and what Tive does, but Tive has this, this ad where they're putting all the, uh, like the Tive trackers on the chuck wagons, and then when the banditos come and they, they oh. take over the, the stage <laughs> I've coaches, not seen that. That's awesome. Well, it's a fantastic ad. We'll break it down with him, but it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like the ice road. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What if they had those things? You know, you'd have visibility. Yeah, well, you need visibility in those beans. Hey, you can find What the Truck in your favorite podcast player of choice. Just look up What the Truck or look up Freight Gas. You get every single Freight Waves podcast all on one convenient free. Subscribe to the What the Truck newsletter. It's out tomorrow. Subscribe to FreightWaves.com slash WTT. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love, everybody. Be the Good Samaritans.